Welcome to our mindfulness podcast. Each week or so, we will have a different podcast, different speakers, different chants, different Dharma talks. But mindfulness practice in Buddhism helps us focus and helps us be aware. And this program will consist of many different ways of meditating. We usually begin with bowing or gasho, then we prepare to sit, and we will sit for approximately 10 minutes. And then we will either stand and walk for another five minutes to kind of get blood into our legs again and and, uh, relax our muscles. And then we'll sit for another 10 approximately. And then we will chant, which is another form of meditation. Uh, We focus on the characters and we pronounce the sounds as a group. And it's a kind of a ritual of oneness. And then after that, we'll have a short Dharma talk of about five to 10 minutes. And then we'll close with Gasho. And this also includes offering incense. We offer incense, but you could also light the incense before the service starts. And this is kind of the program uh, of how our meditation services proceed. And so we will be getting underway today uh, with our program. Thank you very much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, It's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply. Let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world. Waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most, in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in Gasho and bow. Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts. All right, this completes our standing meditation. Please return to your seats and we'll prepare for our second seated meditation. Again, uh, posture's the same. Uh, try to have a nice straight back, shoulders relaxed, um, eyes half open, half closed, uh, breathing down into your stomach using your diaphragm. Um, place your hands uh, in front of your lower abdomen and we will begin our second seated meditation at the sound of the bell.
please join me in God's show. Namandats, 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 namandats. We will now have sutra chanting. A sutra is a sacred scripture from Buddhism. These originated long ago in India and in China. The text that we chant is actually Chinese, a translation from Sanskrit originals. Is it necessary to understand the meaning of what we're chanting? Of course, not at the outset. We don't know anything about it when we first begin. But I believe that we should aim to understand what the sutra is teaching us. We should have a basic awareness of its content. These are the teachings of our Shin Buddhist tradition, after all. For that reason, we provide in the Shin Buddhist service book some pages of explanation and some English translations. What we experience by chanting, I would say, has three aspects. The first aspect is meditative, like sitting or standing or breathing. Chanting forces us to focus our attention on the present moment, and it helps to calm our minds. Second, there is a ritual aspect. We are reenacting something that's taken place countless times over the centuries. We are connecting with the many followers of our Buddhist tradition, who have chanted these same words, and we are gaining a sense of oneness with the other people who are chanting at this time, perhaps listening to this podcast. Third, there is a learning aspect. This is to gain a little bit of knowledge of what the meaning of the characters that we chant are, and we do that separately, I would say, from actual chanting. We will now chant the Junidai found on page 49. Junidai, or Twelve Verses of Reverence, originated in the Mahayana tradition of India during the time of the Pure Land Master Nagarjuna, around 150 CE. The verses were later translated into the Chinese text that we chant today. Like the Larger Sutra and the Amida Sutra, the text of Junidai describes the spiritual qualities of Amida and the Pure Land using poetic language. Please read the translation of the Junidai found on page 51, which describes in detail what the 12 verses of reverence actually means. We will now chant the Junidai. Keshu Tenin Yo. 
Okay.
Please put your hands together in Gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. This is Jim Pollard. Let me share with you my first ever Dharma talk, which I gave on November 24th, 2010. It still expresses the way that I approach the teachings. It's called To Meet with Impermanence. Recently, our book club discussed the writings of Shuichi Maida, as presented in Heard by Me, Essays on My Buddhist Teacher. The editor and translator of the book is Dr. Nobuo Haneda. Reverend Haya Akegarasu, who was Maida's teacher, is the main subject of the essays. I was strongly affected when I first read Heard by Me, in 2006, the year that I started coming to Orange County Buddhist Church. At that early stage, the chapter one essay, Meeting with Impermanence, showed me that I was a Buddhist. The remainder of the book showed me that I would be a follower of Jodo Shinshu. I'd like to share some thoughts on what it means to meet with impermanence. Shuichi Maida writes that the truth of impermanence is the only truth that Shakyamuni Buddha taught. Of course, in the sutras that have come down to us, the Buddha speaks about a great many subjects, but Maida insists that the Buddha taught only the truth of impermanence. I think what he means is that impermanence is at the core of the Buddha's awakening. Once the Buddha had decided to teach this truth, he used many different skillful means to convey it to the people he encountered, but the various teachings all point back to impermanence. Maida writes that impermanence is something you cannot grasp. If you can grasp a thing, it is no longer impermanent. The truth of impermanence is that all existing things are being transformed moment after moment, that things and our minds are changing moment after moment and do not stay the same even for a second. Thus, if there is anything that is fixed, there cannot be any truth of impermanence. This truth can only be described as a flash." Unquote. Initially, we might think impermanence simply means that living things eventually die, which everyone knows to be true, there was no need for a Buddha to appear in the world to reveal that. Rather, Shakyamuni taught what it means to be part of the flow of life, in which sentient beings experience rebirth from moment to moment 
with no permanent self or soul along for the ride. This is a very different view than what most religions teach, and it contradicts what the ego usually tells us. Maida goes on to say that a flash of truth is like a firework that lights up the sky. It arises without calculation on our part. He writes, As soon as it appears, it disappears. If you say that a flash came to you because you heard such and such words, that kind of flash is a fixed concept and cannot be an authentic one. Any human efforts to construct a system of thought, an ism, or a theory are futile. Impermanence does not allow us to have any fixed opinion, thought, viewpoint, or position. All those things are totally annihilated." Unquote. Maida was asked if having no fixed opinions would make us feel confused about the purpose of our lives. He gave this reply. If we allow the existence of something permanent, we are no longer talking about Buddhism. Unquote. It was by meeting Reverend Akegarasu that Maida encountered Shakyamuni's teachings at this level. Maida then felt that his academic work based on memorized ideas was taken away from him. He became what he called a carefree idler or a pleasure seeker. This was the moment when his life made a 180 degree turn. The awakening experience with impermanence at its core, cannot be taught as an objective body of knowledge, but must be appreciated subjectively. The words of a teacher can point us to the path, but they will not make us become one with limitless reality. Subjective appreciation of true reality is not transmitted by using words to explain concepts. We attempt to use non-conceptual terms like nirvana, suchness, naturalness, and emptiness, while admitting that the true reality of impermanence is beyond all words and concepts. I enjoy taking walks around the neighborhood where I live. While doing so, it's nice to remember that walking was the way Shakyamuni and Shinran got to nearly everywhere they had to go. We can emulate them simply by walking mindfully. Sometimes, when I'm not too distracted with everyday concerns, I turn a walk into a form of meditation by quietly chanting Sanbutsuge or Shoshinge as I go along. If I can be in the moment and be open to the passing of sights and sounds, I might perceive impermanence momentarily by nonverbal means. For example, in seeing a flower, in hearing a dog bark, in thinking of a musical phrase, in taking a breath, or in the instant between two thoughts. As Maida put it, this truth of impermanence can only be described as a flash. Unquote. Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. Namandabutsu. Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. Copyright 2021.
Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. All rights reserved.